Well, on this uh, Easter Sunday, I think of a story that a clergy person told about how she was serving communion, Holy Communion, in a convalescent home, in a nursing home, in an assisted living home. And, and there was a common room there, and there was a TV blaring. Maybe you've seen this scene when you visited someone, and there were people half listening to it and others dozing off. And, and she knew it was time for chapel, and so she tried to pull everybody together and and, and kind of got some of the wheelchairs pointed in her direction, and, and, and people were beginning to stir just a little bit. And, and she said, before we take communion, what would you like to hear from the Bible today? And, uh, and there was this long pause, and she thought, I, I don't know if I'm getting anywhere. And then finally, one of them said, I want to hear a resurrection story. Can you tell me a resurrection story? And about that time, some of them began to perk up and stir out of their slumber. And, and one of them said, yeah, tell us, tell us one of those stories. And there was one woman in the back. She had been singing, row, row, row your boat. And she stopped and she was like, I need a good story. Tell me a story, a resurrection story. And it just kind of caught on and they were repeating themselves. And so with that, she said, I think I've got one. We need a resurrection story, don't we? We need something to perk us up, to enliven us, to stir us. We need a story that brings, we want to hear a story that brings the dead to life, that gives hope for us. And I'm encouraged that we have that very story. You heard it read aloud. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, the tomb is empty. You vacated and our hearts are full and this changes everything. Everything for eternity and it changes everything in the way that we face off with the challenges of today. And so give us your strength. Give us your power. Give us your hope. For in a world that's looking for someone or something to trust in these days of confusion, we look to you. And so, Lord, I ask for the anointing of your Holy Spirit at this time that you would bless my words and our prayers together that we might hear from you. Hide me behind your cross and speak to us as our resurrected Lord. It's in the name of Jesus, who is alive, that we pray. Amen. Well, we do need a resurrection story, and we have one. And Pastor Brenda read that for us. Uh, 
It was morning, and as she said, the women were rushing to the tomb. They were going to embalm and, and honor their Lord Jesus. And when they looked in, the tomb was empty, and there were two angels, and it, it says that there was a cascading glory of white as it came from them. And they said, why are you looking for the dead in a cemetery? <laughs> he is not here. Remember when you were in Galilee, he said, I would be turned over to authorities and I would be executed on, a, on the third day I would rise again. Do you, do you remember that? And, and it, it, it jogged their memory and, and they began to connect the dots. And so they they ran back to the disciples. Now think about where the disciples were. They were sheltered in place. <laughs> they were hunkered down. It says there were 11 of them in the room. Now in today's setting, that would exceed by one CDC recommendations. But they were fearful and they were huddled together because they had spread to one another a contagion of fear. And these women come and they declare that Jesus has risen from the dead, just as he said, and the angel spoke to us. And Peter, good old Peter, who denied Christ three times, was perplexed. What a story of resurrection. I don't know about you, but I need a resurrection story in the face of the days that we have dealt with recently. As global citizens, as Americans, and even as followers of Jesus Christ. And I believe there's some classic truths that come about for us from this resurrection story. And as followers of Jesus, we would say that these are resurrection realities. And one is that the resurrection ensures, this resurrection story ensures the promise of eternal life. From everlasting to everlasting, that is what God is and that is what God has promised us. I remember uh, a beautiful woman. I, I, I was the associate pastor when I first met her. I would return to that church as the senior pastor. And her name was Margaret Gordon. And when I returned, she was 98. She was um, getting palliative care and under the care of hospice. And, and I asked her, I said, Miss Margaret, uh, how are you doing? And, and, and she said, well, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to die. I'm ready to go to heaven, but I guess God's not willing to take me yet. She had a little levity to her and a little humor. And she said, I'm ready, but, but he's not. And a couple of things I was able to glean from that conversation and the wisdom in it, she trusted in the time of God of when her death would occur. And she made peace with that. But the other was that she knew God would have her. God would have her. 
I think this is pertinent to where we are today with COVID-19 on this Resurrection Sunday because we know it in a matter of days, if it hasn't already happened, you will have heard of someone testing positive in one of the concentric circles of your influence in your community. And it won't be long until you will hear of someone in the circles of your community that will die from COVID-19. I think it's important for us as resurrection people to recognize that. And one of the questions I think we need to ask ourselves honestly on this Easter morning, and we need to encourage others, is are we like Miss Margaret? Are we ready to face whatever may come? In a beautiful way, you know, we've talked about immunizations and I'm grateful for medical science and I believe all truth is God's truth. Whether the scientist recognizes it or not, God is using the scientist. And an immunization will come to battle this virus, to protect us from it. But the good news this morning is we've been immunized through the death of Christ in death. It no longer has its sting. The grave has no victory because Christ hung on a cross and it says in the scripture that he breathed his last. We have a spiritual eternal life. His death has immunized us from the finality that would have come through a physical death. And a little bit, I'm going to ask you to consider, have you invited Christ Jesus into your life? Because it's hard to die with peace if you have no hope. And we have our hope in Christ. And the writer of Romans says it well, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is our remedy. That is our prescription for eternal life. And the author helps us to understand, if you have your message notes, some of you were able to maybe get those and print them out. The power of faith is not just believing in your head, it's believing in your heart. And, you know, it's difficult to understand a miracle. Some of us come with questions. Sometimes it's hard to explain, but sometimes it's even harder to receive it. And so, one of the beauties of the resurrection story. I need a story that gives me hope. Well, this is the story for you. The power of the resurrection 
comes in eternal life. And then the resurrection story helps me. I, I need to hear that story uh, because I need to be pardoned from my past. I need my wrongs from yesterday to be forgiven. I am, even as a pastor, a mortal mess. <laughs> I am a fallen creature. I am imperfect. And the wonderful thing about the resurrection is that as we are connected to Christ, God is able to take all that brokenness from our past and cleanse us from our own unrighteousness. A nurse recently in our church was telling me about how someone that battles COVID-19 and presses through and is able to, to be victorious over it, they can take the actual blood and plasma and from the antibodies, that can be used to help someone else fight the disease. I'm not a scientist, but I am a theologian, and I know this, that through the blood that was shed on Calvary, the very blood of Christ, that blood has allowed me to be forgiven. As Isaiah said, though my rags were filthy, they are linens white as snow. The scripture tells us in the old uh, Psalms that he forgets our sin. He cast it from east to west into infamy. We are clean. And not only that, because of the power that came through the work of the cross and the blood that was shed, I can have, like that old hymn says, the power over canceled sin. Sin doesn't have to have power over me. And so that resurrection story that we've heard retold today allows me to be an overcomer, forgiven, set free from the bondage that has held me back for so long. And it may be that today you focused on your mistakes. You've thought about when you've blown it. Well, let me say, you're not defined by your past. You are defined in confession unto Jesus through his work and that you are a child of God. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you will be saved. Oh, the blood of Jesus wash away, washes away all of our sin and where we've Miss the mark. And then finally, something that I really need to live into on a personal level is this resurrection story. Like the, like the woman said, tell me a resurrection story that will give me hope. Well, I need hope for today. I need hope in the face of having to shelter in place. I need hope uh, in the face of knowing that others are quarantined. I need hope in not being able to have human touch with a community that I love and a fellowship that I care about. I need hope in missing my sheep as a pastor. I need hope in being able to, to visit with people and not have to do social distancing. I need hope when it comes to the economic impact that this is going to have on me and others. 
And I believe that hope comes through the power in overcoming the fears and some of the realities to allow me to live in the power of the resurrection in the present. I need power for the present. And this resurrection story of Jesus evacuating the tomb and defeating death gives me hope in the face of this new normal, which is now normal. It's a now normal. It allows me to focus on the possibilities that God, once again, does not waste anything and he's going to redeem all of this. Did he cause it? Absolutely not, but I believe he will redeem it. And so there is power from the resurrection that comes in the transformation of me. As a resurrected person in Christ, as an Easter believer, I have the adequate power and God is transforming me to help me become. It is so important that I become more like Christ regardless of the circumstances. And God has a way of doing that. It's called transformation. One of the things that we're looking forward to, it's a hopeful thing, it's a futuring thing, it's been secondary to us because, hey, I've got an announcement for you. The church has left the building. Buildings are not all that important, but we are going to build a structure out on Harrodsburg Road. And there was a church like unto ours that was trying to think of some creative scriptures to put above the doors of the different wings. And so they had the sanctuary and, and they put up the scripture. They were glad when they said unto me, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And in the music wing, it said, let us make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And to the youth wing, they had a scripture that said, they shall mount up like wings on eagles. And, and then in the children's wing, it said, let the little children come unto me. And then they got to the nursery and they didn't know quite what to say, but they did find a scripture that was appropriate. And it says, it said, we shall not all sleep, but we all shall be changed. <laughs> and that, that is fitting. We shall all be changed, that there is an inner working as the aging processes unfold in me. There's an inner renewal that happens as we deal with the realities of a fallen world and disease and brokenness and death. God is still transforming us. I think that's what Paul was trying to hint at when he said in Philippians verse 10, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. I think he was saying in that resurrection story that has become so real for me, it is truth for me. I want to be an overcomer. I like um, the delineation and, and comparison and contrast of uh, in science and the law of gravity. Let's just take that one for example. It's 
constantly drawing us to the earth. It has a significant pull. And yet that law can be superseded by the law of aerodynamics. Think about that a minute. When you're in an airport and you're watching a flight take off and you know there's a law of gravity that's in place, but you also know that aerodynamics is in place. And in most cases, aerodynamics wins. And in the same way, that resurrection power that brought Jesus back to life abides with us because Christ said, I will leave you a spirit, an advocate. And that spirit will allow you to do things you never thought possible. To face challenges that you once thought were insurmountable. And so together, we can live above sin and hatred and exclusivity and dehumanizing behavior in the Spirit of Christ. Paul said we'd be a peculiar people. We'd be a strange bunch those of us who are Easter people. And so today, it may be that you have felt spiritually destitute, some despairing, longing for some hope from this resurrection story. You, you've faced into a relationship that maybe came unraveled, a broken marriage. Um, you, you've realize that there are going to be some challenges financially for you. I want to say for you and for me, there is a resurrected Savior. And he says, come unto me, all of you who are burdened, and I will give you rest and peace and power. And today, I'm going to say a short prayer. And if you have not invited Jesus Christ into your life, I want to ask you to consider that. In a time where we don't know what to trust and who to believe and what to do, I have the assurance that this would be the right thing. To be able to give of yourself to the one who has given his life for you. Today, you may say, you know, Tim, you don't know me. You're on the other side of an iPhone and a computer camera. You don't know me. You don't know what I've done. No, I don't. But the Lord Jesus Christ does, and he has forgiven it all. In fact, he has forgotten it all. And he's overcome death. He can overcome anything where you've blown it. And then finally, I'd say for those of us, really all of us in this listening and viewing audience, for those that are in traffic that are passing by, 
We need courage. Courage to face off with a lot of uncertainty and an inadequate number of answers. But as the old saying goes, um, we don't know what the future is, but we know who holds the future. And he can be trusted. So let's pray together.